Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. January 7th, 2021. Bob An old school cannibal. Cooking like a domestic scientist. And proof of aliens. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends. Well, hello. And good day. It is a good day. I'm still, uh, I'm feeling How are better. You? Yeah. And I'm, I, I think a lot of people experience this where the, uh, the signs, the things that would bring you the greatest sympathy are on the heels of when you actually needed it. Yes, that was my cold exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, so. I didn't mean to be so, like, explosive about it's that. It's okay. I think the people like some animated behavior. Well, that was animated because, truly, I felt bad when I didn't sound bad. Yeah. Then I sounded bad when I was already feeling better. So, yeah. yes. Anyway, you sound a lot better I sound better. I'm not, I'm not cutting out, but I still have... My voice sounds weird to me in my own head. I, I understand that. Yes. Well, it is January 7th. It is. Here we go. Already. 1-7. One, 1-7-2-1-0-7. Seven. One, seven, oh, one, one, oh, seven. Seven. However you want to do it. Or if you're in a foreign country, it may be 0701. Yes, it would be. 0701 I get deeply frustrated when I'm... I can transition. I'm fine with transitioning to recognize that. But when you've got a site that's inconsistent... Oh. With their presentation of it, and mm. especially when they don't have a reason mm. to go to the non-American format of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be reading through trying to track with something, and then all of a sudden it's the it's the fifth day of the 21st month or something. I'm like, wait just a damn minute here. Wait a minute. Get your, get your formats consistent, bruh. Yeah. Ooh. You didn't even stop at bruh. You went all the way to bruh. Yeah, I threw the H on it. Okay. Okay. Well, today is, and I'm skeptical on this one. All right. Not us, not even softly skeptical. Okay. It's National Bobblehead Day. Now, the first one of these was only celebrated in 2015, and I'm not against a, a newly instituted celebration. I mean, every every holiday was a new. Everything holiday at some was point. new at some point. Even Easter. It was instituted by. The national, yeah, that's right, even Easter. I, you, you caught me. I was already moving ahead. That was good, though. I like that. This was instituted by the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum, WTH. I demand to know where that is located. I'm, I feel like it may even only be a digital location. I don't know. It could be real. You know, down the, down, I almost said down the hall. Down the hall. Down the interstate. Where we keep our bobbleheads. <laughs> it's the bottom shelf of the dry goods storage area. Down the interstate in Oklahoma from where we are, in Paul's Valley, there is a, like, national toy museum. I 
Toy and Action Figure Museum. Now, what I was aware of here in Oklahoma is at least two different locations that are quite significant car museums that you'd never know that don't advertise. Hmm. Outside of the building just looks like a regular steel building, which is quite popular in these parts of the sure, sure, sure. country. Um, but I'm sorry, please go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, did you know that we had this national treasure, mm -mm. this toy and action figure museum down in Paul's Valley? I see the signs on the interstate. I've never stopped to go in, but now I need to... Do they to have a Rubik's Cube? Does it need to be solved? Yes and yes. I can do this. It's a Rubik's Cube it emergency. It will not be in either national or international record time, but I can solve it. Yeah, okay. Well, I need to know where the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum is. Okay. I may do some side giving. We'll That's see. fine. Just hang with me for now because I may... This, this parade may be rained upon. Okay. I don't know. I'm skeptical. And, hey, fairly, I, I recognize I'm I'm guilty in this statement of bringing in the old N equals one, my experience equals truth kind of a thing. I remember 2002, I received a bobblehead. I've still got it. You still have still it. Got it. It was a you mascot bobblehead for the team that I coached for. You will not let the children play with it. Damn not. Well, they'll <laughs> break it. They'll rip the goofy head off and they'll just hang off on the... Side. It'll be real bobbly. Yeah. Did you almost say damn no? I guess. Yes. <laughs> I was so flustered I couldn't even curse appropriately. I am going to start saying Stop damn. it, the crap. <laughs> I you completely threw me out of my game. I'm normally a bit of a cursing connoisseur, but you are you're very talented when it comes to cursing. <laughs> I've never heard you say damn no. You you wrecked <laughs> you wrecked my shop. That's gonna be the we probably need some damn no merch now to go into the store. Damn no. Awesome today, damn no. It's hmm. my favorite thing that's ever come out of this show. <laughs> I just need to sit in this moment. It was worth it just it, for that. It was worth it. So all all this month, all these months of work. Okay, yeah. It would have been okay if I'd paused as though there were a figurative comma in there. Damn, no. But yeah, it was... Damn no. <laughs> damn, damn no. I almost went foreign in my oh, dialect. Gosh, okay. Whew. Don't, but you, the point is, you do not let the children play with no, it. No, yeah, they don't get to with touch a it. Head. It's, it a, it's a horn frog. It's, it's a, it's attached deeply to a memory for yes. me. Uh, and so I keep, I don't even keep it visible. It's on a shelf collecting dust, but I keep it. We've gone through multiple house cleanings. I keep it. That's the only bobblehead though that I've ever owned. And so again, this was 2002 and I don't recall, I, I felt like they were going out of style then. Yeah. I didn't, I'd seen them before. I got the one. I don't, I can't pinpoint a time afterwards that I've seen them. I can think of one that was also wildly popular. I think you can buy it now still. And it's a Dwight Schrute bobblehead. Okay. But that fits because Schrute's trapped two decades behind yes. or more his. And that was a long time ago now. I mean, yeah. it's hard to admit it, but the, the height of the office years when it was in production, that was like, is it? 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. That's weird to think about, but yeah. So celebrate the holiday if you want. I'm calling damn no on it. <laughs> you really, you, you really pulled me out of coherency. It's exactly. I didn't know you were going to be so incoherent about it. Like I got really riled there yes, for a moment. I lost I all, all stoic indifference. Went by the wayside. I think in that moment, in that moment, you imagine. Yes. Our, especially our younger children. Yes, stretching the spring of the head out. Like, <laughs> damn, no. I was gibberishly trying to stop them in my mind. Yes. Woo, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, it looks, I have not heard this story. It looks like you've got a story. I've got a story. Uh, there's Today's going to be a couple of big stories. All right. Um, when I can find, I prefer the bigger stories. You like a long. When I can find them. Deep dive story. We don't always have them. But, um, yeah. You know, I enjoy this too. Yes. I enjoy our conversations about it for sure. One of the things, I was telling you this last night. I have a very strange quirk in that to go to sleep, sometimes if I can't go to sleep, I like to open Reddit and there's a couple of forums I like to look at, one of them being Ask Reddit. Mm -hmm. If Ask Reddit doesn't have any interesting threads for me to read through, because I'll just start reading the thousands of replies on the most popular posts of the day, and before I know it, I'm going to sleep. The The weirdos of, of Reddit basically rock me to sleep with their strange opinions and stories. And I approve of that message. Do you want to know why? Why? 
because your snoring mechanism mm -hmm. is directly wired to your right arm. Okay. And when your right arm goes above your head, and I'm, for the watchers, I'm doing that. Yes. As soon as it goes up, it opens up. It's like an amplifier ah, of anything that could go on. Yes. And so if you're redditing yourself to sleep, you've got both hands. My right hand In is front occupied. of you on the phone. It's not above your head. Yes. So I'm all for this. And maybe instead of trying to jostle you, I should tell you, just, Megan, Reddit. <laughs> Damn no, Reddit. Damn no, get on Reddit. <laughs> well, the other subreddit that never fails me is called Unresolved Mysteries. I've mentioned it before. The Redditors of Unresolved Mysteries take a lot of pride and pleasure in finding these obscure cases and mm -hmm. they, they create, it's like, it's like having a, a true crime podcast, only it's in written format. They do all the research, they type up the whole case and they're like, what do you guys think happened? And then there's all these comments. Okay. What is wrong? What's broken within me? No, no. That reading about bizarre cases, unresolved crimes puts me to sleep. I do not know. I know why. Why? Or I suspect I know why. Why? Because if it's happening to someone else, you're safe. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I think that, truly. Well. And I literally just pulled that out of my own psychological dark space. I'll, I'll be pondering that uh, for a while. But all of that to say, all of that to say, these deep dive stories that you find for mm -hmm. us are you some like of them? my favorite things. Good. That's, that's, if I can find them, that is my hope as we move forward, that we get more to that. Yes. Um, though sometimes there are some short snippets that are pretty fascinating. Sure, of course. So in the 1860s, there were legions of gold and silver prospectors who were combing through the Rocky Mountains in search of their fortune. They, they literally were the three little pigs, and their mother said, go out and seek your fortune. Okay. Do you? Okay. I don't remember that part of the story. Here's my thing. When I was a child, we had a Fisher-Price record player, mm -hmm. and my parents had gotten us a plethora of uh, records to play on our record player, and most of them were like Disney stories. Mm -hmm. The one for Three Little Pigs, I this is like imprinted in my brain, that the reason that the mom, mama pig had kicked all three of her little piglets out of the house was they had to go out into the world and seek their fortune. That specific phrase has stayed with me. Okay. Well, when I was a kid, and I don't recall if it was Sesame Street or Electric Company, there was a particular segment where there was a pig singing a song. <laughs> I just love, love, love being a pig. And one of my favorite stories. I'm under five at this point, but it was a it was a it was a memory that I can't let go of. Um, uh -huh. I had heard that a few times and. You know, you sing along. It was a catchy little earworm did of a tune. Did like, did you just love, love, I, love? It was, I a... just love, love, love being a pig. And <laughs> it talks about rolling in mud and doing different things. And it's on my mind. And I kind of snap out of my own haze of mental participation in that in the aftermath. And my sister's there and I ask her. And your sister's six years older than Six years older than me. I ask her, do you just love, love, love being a pig? And she slapped the shit out of me <laughs> right in front of my mom. And my mom did nothing. They were on the same team. It may be the only time in the history of our family they were on the same team. Yes. yes. And so I remember that. And so every time I even hear the word pig, my cheek gets hot. I feel the handprint <laughs> on my face. Oh, my gosh. And yet I still love bacon, so I don't know. It, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a deeply broken piece with it. You have to, it is. Yes, okay. Where were we? Uh, seeking their fortune. Yes, yeah, seeking their fortune. So one of these mini prospectors was an, a man named Alfred Packer. Mm. And it's spelled A-L-F-E-R-D. <laughs> Spell check doesn't like it, but that is actually, it's Alfred, not Alfred. I don't like it either, so yeah. I'm on team spell check. Alfred right Packer. And... You know, most of the people that participated in the rushes did not, in fact, find their fortune. They did not seek their... They, they sought it, but they found nothing. Yeah. Well, so to supplement his income while he attempted to find his fortune, I'll just call him Packard. I typed Alfred all the way through, and now it's pissing me off that I did that. Okay. So Packard, to supplement his income, he served as, as a guide 
in the Utah and Colorado wilderness of the Rockies. Old move. Helping Yikes. people get from A to B. Yeah. It, it's a partially good move. Uh, the best, the most successful people in the gold rushes by percentage are those who sold picks and shovels and well, gear, right? For sure. I didn't say it was a good move. I said it was a bold move. It was a bold move. The Utah, but it was a good move because yeah. this was a way to actually make money versus wasted efforts in the mine. Right? Look, I'm just saying the Utah and Colorado wildernesses collectively and independent of each other are no joke. That's some serious wilderness. They're known for their wilderness. They're known for their wildness yes. in the wilderness there. So in early November of 1873, mm -hmm. he departs from Bingham Canyon in Utah, leading a party of 21 men to the gold fields near Breckenridge, Colorado. The winter that year was exceptionally harsh. And after three months of arduous travel, the party made their way finally, like just dragging into a camp of Ute Indians, Ute Native Americans, whatever the right thing is. I'm not trying to be offensive. I think in the common, the, the, the current era, we would say the Ute Nation. Okay. Well, it was a camp Yes. That belonged to the larger nation of youths. Okay, good. There we go. Not youths. Not youths. That's no, different. No. We're talking from my U cousin Vinny. Yeah, U T E. Utes. Yes, youths. So, and and the youths very kindly brought them in. Not all experiences with Native Americans were positive, mm -hmm. but they kindly welcomed them. Then they provided food and shelter. Yeah, and most of this group of twenty-one plus. Uh, uh, what's his name? Packer. Packer. Most of them were just like, hey, uh, we're here, we're happy to be here, and we're eager to follow the advice of the chief, which is to stay put until the bad winter weather is over with. Look, I agree. That's that's perfect. But uh -oh. Packer and five others, somewhat rejuvenated by the, the meal and the warmth, they were... They were determined. We will continue our journey. So uh, they did. They set about out again. Don't do it. Two months later, just call it 60 days, two months later, Packer arrived at his destination, absent the five mm -mm. who had set out with him. And he told everyone he'd lost contact with them during a blizzard. I tried to tell y'all it's wild out there in that it's wilderness wild. to this day. It is day, wild. To the, it's 2021. Yeah. If you drop me hey, in that wilderness, I will die too. People get lost without the snow. The exactly. snow makes everything indistinguishable. Yes. It's, listen. Which means can't see shit. That's what that translates into. Side note, and I don't want to. I feel like you skimmed over <laughs> an inside joke for I, us. I did skim over it. You're right. Can't see shit. Is related to being visually incapacitated. incapacitated in the eyes. Um, Which is another inside joke. Sorry, another time. I don't want to. I don't want to accidentally dox anybody. So I'm just going to say this: a person that I know, a woman that I know here in Oklahoma City, mm -hmm. over this just past holiday break, she got lost in the WalMarts. She got lost in the Colorado freaking wilderness. Did she really? She and her family and two grown children went for a ski trip. She was terrified for like three or four hours. I she bet. was lost in a area. If they had gone to Colorado to ski by herself, she was lost. She was terrified. She had very little cell coverage and her phone was about to die. She was always, telling me this story earlier the in the week. It sounded terrifying. All of that to say, I'm not kidding when I say that it's wild out there. Yes. Yes. So Packer's out there. He loses the five. Loses the five as the story goes. He arrives. And he arrives all in all in pretty good health. He gives credit to the diet of rabbits and rosebuds that he'd been fortunate enough to secure. Rabbits and rosebuds is a great Instagram handle. Somebody go snag it right it's now. It's possibly a band name for like a soft alternative rock. I don't know. Something. It's like the opposite of... Um, yes. Raunchy, raunchy, raunchy sausage. sausage. <laughs> yeah. It's the antithesis of, of that group. Yes. So Alfred seemed to have quite a bit of money for a guide and miner, which started drawing some attention. The increased scrutiny then revealed that he also was in possession of several items that belonged to the missing men. Mm. How that was known, I don't know. I didn't see the details for it. I couldn't find them, and I'm not too concerned. Yeah. Just, they figured it out. 
So later then, while under some very direct questioning, who knows, maybe sodium pentothal was brought in if it existed yet. I don't know. Put a pin in that. Yeah. Well, he confessed to a different story. He said the first four men had died naturally. Each time, the remaining members eating them in order to survive. You knew this was going this, here. I knew I was heading towards this. This is not the first time this has happened in the American wilderness. Yeah. Or in the history of humanity. Or, yeah, even in our backyard, right? What? What? Shh, don't tell. So... Are the dogs to be blamed? Like yes. They've, there was a whole story of them with a dead squirrel. That's... That's a true That's thing another thing. Um, so, yeah, this is his story. One would die, the rest would eat him, and it goes all the way down to just him and one... Other man left, Shannon Bell, and that, as he told it, Bell went insane, began threatening Alfred, at which point he had to shoot Bell to defend himself, and then just promptly went about eating him as well. I don't like this at all. It's never good to eat people. I don't like it. Um, Nobody likes it. Nobody well, does it in these circumstances because they I don't like know. It. I've seen some movies, and we all know movies are good sources of truth uh-huh. that indicated once once you eat flesh, you never go back. I don't like that either. Anyway, he gets arrested, charged with murder, but he escapes. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Apparently, I'm having cold part two over here. Okay. Did you catch what I said? Uh, he's arrested. He's charged with murder. He escapes. Okay. And he remains at large, for nine years. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, it's the wilderness. The local authorities are yeah. like, oh, no, no, no. You murdered that man. Now well, it wasn't the KGB. Him. It was just the local whoever. Like the local sheriff's deputy. Yeah. It's, like, it's the 1880s. I, I mean, know. That's what I'm saying. It's the Wild West. But they even they were like, this sounds like murder to me. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, no, no, I'm out of here. Peace he, out. Yeah, he, he was... 88 and out the gate, pack as her they out. say. Yeah, pack her out. Drop the mic before it existed. All the things. Yeah. So he's recaptured then, 1883, near Fetterman, Wyoming, at which point he again changes his story. In this new telling, they had all made it to camp alive, and he had gone out, because he's the guide, he'd yeah. gone out to search for the trail that they needed to be on. And when he returned hours later, Bell had gone mad, killed the other four with a hatchet, and was cooking one of them. And that when Bell saw him, Bell attacked him, so he shot Bell dead. Trapped there, starving to death, he did live on for several more days, dining on the remainders of all the men. Possible, yeah. No, that's bullshit. That, well, I don't know. That's bullshit. I don't know because... Why would you not tell that story to begin with? That's bullshit. Because that one is less sexy, maybe. There's other people to take the blame of cannibalism. Other than just the one. Who knows? Who knows? Well, having already now, at this point, changed his story a few times, he had no credibility. So he's convicted. Manslaughter. He remains in jail until today, in 1901. What had happened was the Denver Post had been publishing a series of articles around him mm-hmm. and what all had gone on, doing their own investigative work, and he's eventually set free. Hmm. Upon his release, he goes to work as a guard for the Post, hmm. because who else is going to hire a cannibal, right? Uh, yeah, and why do newspapers need guards? I don't uh, know. Who but knows? Who knows? It was <laughs> 1901, right? Um, goes to work for them, lives quietly in Littleton, Colorado, maintaining his innocence until he passed away in 1907. And though we'll never absolutely know for sure what happened, there has been more relatively, at least recent, forensic studies done on the remainders and all of that. And they do tend to support this final confession that the Sam whatever his name was had gone crazy shannon shannon sam shanahan uh what was he it's your best friend's name in the whole world i don't forgot shannon bell i remember that i don't have any best friends um (laughs) yeah you don't back off i'm i have no friends uh bell let's just stick with that we can agree on bell all right uh it did look in fact like bell had killed the others and then yeah but definitively 
that <clears throat> this this cat here, Alf, Alfred, Alfred, had eaten him some humans. Well, I think that point is uncontestable, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or incontestable? Um, well, in, uh, inconceivable? When we sat down today, I had literally, and I, I can't emphasize this strongly enough, literally, no idea but how much cannibalism it. was going to come you, into this conversation. You felt it unfolding. You knew it was going to happen. When you started telling me about a guy... The wildness the, of the wilderness. I knew we yeah. were landing on cannibalism. Yep. I'd never heard this story before. What's the other famous story about... It's the airplane thing, right? Well, that's very famous. The, yeah. the soccer team that crashed into like, the Andes. Mm -hmm. But there's another one that's like... Uh, it's an American one. It's traveling through the mountains in Utah... And the Donners, the yeah, Donner yeah, yeah. Party. The Donner Party, yeah. Is a very famous American story of cannibalism. I'm starting to wonder if there isn't something about mountains that inspire cannibalism. Yeah, they're freaking Iowa Sitter. <laughs> yeah, you almost F-bombed the show. They're, I was going to have to edit. They are freaking impossible to get through without somebody dying and someone getting eaten. Yeah, it's it, at this point, I think, if a modern-day crash were to occur they wouldn't even wait until necessity it's they're like, like well, hey all right which one of you fatties are we eating first which is terrible <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say it's fat shaming and cannibalism yes. so calm down everybody yes uh, although i will be a cannibal shamer i, I that. okay that's let's fair. let's uh wait 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 one more question okay would you rather eat a human or be eaten after you've died it depends A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It depends. If I'm trapped with my family and I can die and feed you and there's some Aww. hope that you would live by eating me, then Aww. I would let you guys eat me. Okay. While I was still alive. No. Start with the feet. No, we will murder you first. Okay, either way. Um, Ooh, this no, this I don't, went I don't, to a very dark place. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think I could go there. Yeah. Because nobody does this with any assurance that doing so will get them saved. Yeah. It's the same, to me, it's the same concept that plays into all of the zombie apocalypse stuff where people do heinous things because... Mm -hmm. Why? It's like if if it's truly a zombie apocalypse, wouldn't you want to be one of the first ones to die? This is this is our working theory. This is why we are not preppers. Yeah. If the apocalypse happens, if and when it does, we'll just be the first to go, uh, because we are assured of right. our eternal destination. I look at it from the loose assignment of protector. Yeah. And I say, crap! I've got. I, none of our kids are even remotely responsible. No. They're going to get us killed no matter how hard I try. For sure. And so it's like maybe just find the, the least offensive way for us to all be ended early. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a logic problem. To me, as I think about it, as I logic it out, I've never thought about would I rather eat a human or be eaten. But I think I would rather die rather than live with the ongoing PTSD and trauma of having yeah. to have had eaten other yeah. humans. Yeah. And... What if you liked it? You took it even further into the dark. Well, what a terrible existence it would be in the aftermath if it was like, this is the only true good food I've ever eaten now. Everything else pales in comparison. <sighs> well, speaking of eating things. Speaking of eating things. I have thank a, you. I have a story, too, that yeah. you found for me to share. Guys, if the cannibals <laughs> bothered you don't worry we're yeah, we're, past it we're gonna bring bring us back into the light i had no idea we were gonna go into cannibalism today but we're rescuing this with fanny farmer 1896 the fanny farmer cookbook is published fanny farmer that mm -hmm. name rings so many bells for me but 
I could not pinpoint why I know the name Fanny Farmer. Here we go. Fanny was born in 1857. She was the oldest of four daughters, parents who highly valued education. Mm -hmm. So it was the expectation from her family that she and all of the daughters would go into college. At age 16, while she was in high school, Fanny unfortunately suffered a stroke. <clears throat> so for, for several years, she was unable to walk. I apparently am unable to talk. Well, I can take over if you <clears throat> desire. No, I got it. During the time while she's recovering from the stroke, she took up cooking and she eventually turned her mother's home into a boarding house that developed quite the reputation around town for the quality of meals it served. Now, you haven't given us a geographical context. Is this in the wildness of Utah? It's in, Is this uh, in Portland, Maine? Where are we? It's in a Native American camp of the Ute Nation. I don't think that's right. I feel it's like, not. I don't. I can't. I don't know that I read where it was, or I would have grabbed that. I feel like this happened in the American Northeast, but I could be wrong. I would assume that's where the bulk of real meaningful population was at the time. Yes. So she took up cooking, turned her mother's house into a, a, a boarding house. Had a real gift for hospitality. Yeah. For making delicious food. In fact, that boarding house earned a reputation for the quality of meals that it served. And then by the time she turned 30 years old, she was now able to walk again, although it was kind of limited. Limpy. She never walked without a limp. Okay. As it's a miracle that she walked again. Yes. Right? Look at all the years it took. It's the late 1800s, and she had a stroke when she was 16, so it is a miracle that yeah. she's up and moving around. They were over there trying to do bloodletting and stuff. <laughs> that doesn't help. Get the leeches off of me. Yes. This is not helping. All right. So uh, when she was 30 years old, Fanny herself was encouraged to enroll in the Boston Cooking School. Now, this is when we're talking about the Boston Cooking School being a highly prestigious. Yeah. Big deal. Place to don't go. Don't downplay it. Don't, don't That's right. frown upon I shall it's not. a domestic thing. Don't no. don't look at it that way. In fact, this is the height of the domestic science movement. So you've got people studying, like it's, academic yes, it's study. Pride yes. in what it is you're doing. That's right. Academic study and application of cooking, baking, and household management. The coursework there included nutrition, sanitation, and even the chemical analysis of food. So if you like Alton Brown's approach to cooking, yes. where he breaks down the yes. chemistry of he it. he is Fanny. Yes, he's the modern day Fanny Farmer. Yes. Well, upon graduation from the Boston Cooking School, Fanny accepted a position there as an assistant to the director, and she was shortly thereafter promoted to being the principal of that school. I'm wanting to say it was within a year's time. It may have been a smidge more or less than that. Yes. So on this day in 1896, Fanny published her best-known work, which was the Boston Cooking School Cookbook, which later became known as the Fanny Farmer Cookbook. Now, if you have ever cooked anything ever, whether you are just trying to make some mac and cheese out of the box, or if you're creating a delectable French coque à vin, uh, which is that French roasted chicken that Julia chicken, Child is known that's for. That's not even food. I'm just going to let that Chicken slide. Chicken is a disaster. I'll let that slide while I try to find my notes. Then you have a lot to owe to Fanny Farmer because yes. she is responsible for introducing the concept of using standardized measuring spoons and measuring cups. And she placed a great emphasis, you guys, on leveling yeah. your measurement. Yeah. So pre, pre her, mm -hmm. it was like, uh, use a teacup, use a yeah. whatever you a got. A scoop of this and a pinch of that. Which could vary wildly from person to person. Yes. And so along with just here are some standardized measures she had to reinforce. I, I feel quite sure at a slower pace, but at the same kind of difficulties you run into with internet message boards where somebody's recommending a thing and the ultimately the, the core of the group ends up being the repeaters of information forever. No, it's a level. You level it. You level the top. You you use the thing and then you level it off. And she she had to repeat that so many times that it even became an early form of a meme of the leveling of things. Okay. Well, it's not a heaper. It's a leveled. It's leveled. Don't heap it. Level it. Yeah. 
Ultimately, the book ended up containing, wait, can this be right? Yes. 1,850 recipes? 1,850, yes. Essays on housekeeping, cleaning, canning, and drying of fruits and vegetables, as well as other nutritional information, even scientific ex explanations of the chemical processes that occur during cooking. In other words, Fanny Farmer walked so that Alton Brown could run Indeed. into fame. Indeed. Now, the book's publisher did not expect that there would be very many sales. They only offered to produce 3,000 copies and... And they were like, and Ms. Farmer, you're going to pay for yep. these. Through the fanny. Well, guess what? It was You're wild. just going to walk past I that. I heard you say it. Okay. I couldn't resist. You're dealing with a seventh grade intellect here. Fanny is a word that's problematic both in the United States and abroad. Yes. So I'm just going to let that one sit where it sat. Uh, we don't name kids ass. How do they how did they justify this back in the day? Everyone knew what it meant. Yes. It means other things. Even worse that the last name's Farmer, so your ass farmer? That's a terrible name. I'm sorry for you, Fanny. Well, Fanny Farmer's cookbook was wildly popular. It is steel steel. Steel. It's made of steel. Yes. And my southern Oklahoma roots. Brilliant. In uh, that one word, it's still available. It's still available in print. Yeah. 125 years later. So you can even get it in Kindle format now. There you go. There. That's that's wildly progressive. Indeed They've it is. They translated it to the Kindle. She was a progressive gal. It, apparently so. She went on to found her own school and she published more cooking books and I'm sure other things along mm -hmm. the way. Now, her greatest calling was towards diet and nutrition for the sick and convalescent. I'm sure that was influenced by the fact that she was a convalescent for That's years, right. recovering from a stroke. This passion got her invited to none the less of the Harvard Medical School mm -hmm. as a guest lecturer, teaching about diet and nutrition for the doctors and nurses there. So alongside nutrition, she emphasized the value of the appearance, taste, and presentation of food to those who are ill. In fact, she said those qualities rank over even cost and nutrition in their importance. Yeah. So she's perhaps one of the earliest. She was uh, one of the earliest people to understand and comprehend the connection between our psychological, our mental health, and our physical health. Yeah. So a good Catholic, which we're not always, but we strive. We to do be. close to our best. Yes, a good Catholic might even point to. The good medicine, the good hope and healing you provide for others by simply treating them with dignity and assigning them value. I'll tell you what, I've been in uh, a patient at Oklahoma Children's Hospital mm -hmm. twice now. Having, as a child? No, as a full-grown adult. A grown-ass woman. A grown-ass woman. I ha I've been there twice giving birth to three children because the twins were born there and Nico. They do a good job, I feel like. They do. They do. For I feel a hospital like they assume. are Fanny Farmer influenced. Yes, I agree. It's not like, uh, what's the word? It's not like upper end cuisine, but they do make you feel like you're important. You get like a room service style menu and you can call in and order what you want, this and that, and please add this and please take that away. They help you to have, as you're convalescing, as you're recovering from whatever you're there for. Of course, I was in the uh, childbirth wing, but they have serve many, many, many children who are there. And gunshot wounds. I made that part up. They may or may not. I don't, I hope not many kids are there for gunshot wounds in the children's hospital. You might be surprised these kids today. <laughs> our, our city's rough, but it's not that rough. That's <laughs> true. Uh, but they make you feel like, you know what, your preference, your taste preference, what you want to eat is important, and it does do something for your it does. mental well-being. You feel you feel seen. You feel yes, you feel seen. Yeah. And most humans really do just want to feel seen. Indeed. So thank you, Fanny Farmer, for what you've contributed to our cooking culture. Indeed. Now this next thing, it kind of bleeds over into world level. Watch, read, listen, lifestyle. Are we doing like a world hybrid right now? It's a little bit of a hybrid. Okay. Um, I've been on, I'm surprised I found the time to get these other notes and things in place because for the past few days now, um, I can't remember how I got here. 
I have no idea. Maybe it was just a random YouTube were you, offering. Wait, were you possibly abducted by aliens? Um, it's possible. That's they would have had to remember. have defeated the ninjas. Okay. Who had me in yeah. their possession at that time. Yeah. Um, nothing nefarious, just teaching me the sure. finer arts of ninjury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think maybe it was a YouTube recommendation, but I don't know. I landed on this whole slew of things. Jeremy Corbell. Is a person. Is a person. He is kind of a documentary guy. He's a ufologist, I think is what they call it. What the hell is that? A UFO study. Oh, a ufologist. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Um, so just a random smattering of things. We've got Jeremy Corbell. We've got Bob Lazard. Uh, the website extraordinarybeliefs.com. We have a Netflix show uh, made by Corbell, which is... Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. Mm. Um, Joe Rogan episode that had Bob Lazar and Jeremy Corbell on there. We have Corbell interviewing the guy who originally broke the story about Professor Hayam Ashed, which we talked about not that we long were, ago. The former yeah. Israeli space program director. Right. It's aliens, man. It's aliens. It's aliens. Okay. Do you want me just to ramble? Because I don't have notes on this. Please ramble. I know you've been taking on a lot of this. I've overheard bits and pieces coming from your office, and I was like, what's going on in there? Are you finally on hashtag Team Alien? Oh, I've been on Team Alien. You have been fully on Team Alien? I feel like you were, like, indifferent about the question. I was not motivated to search. I have held long the belief that Certainly in the vastness of this universe, there is more likely than not other intelligent life. Sure. Now, have I believed that it has made its way here? I can't say that I have. I haven't been. That's where I've been indifferent. Okay. I see what you're saying. Whether or not aliens have arrived here and done anything. And anybody who's, who's spent even a minute in this area recognizes that the bulk of what's out there it's it's like you have to live in a trailer park to be involved, to be interviewed, to tell your story, and that there's always abduction and weird sexual things and stuff, right? Yeah. So, this is where Bob Lazard is different. Okay. Bob, deeply intelligent. You, it doesn't take long of listening to him talk to know this man's deeply intelligent deeply educated and in the early 80s fresh out of collegiate work he found himself working not directly like as a government employee he was kind of contracted in as an external whatever he'd applied for a job and it's on a it's it's around the property of area 51 it wasn't area 51 proper. Okay. But it was around the property there. Gotcha. And he gets brought in to work on a propulsion system and not to build one, but to try to reverse engineer this propulsion system that exists there. Okay. Interesting. He's brought in as a replacement to someone who has died Mm. while working on the project. Mm -hmm. Died under mysterious circumstances or just died, died? Only mysterious in that it's never fully explained to him. Was he out in the Arizona wilderness? Wait. Is Nevada. It Area 50? Nevada. Mm-hmm. Area 51 is in Nevada. Mm-hmm. In the Nevada wilderness. If you will. It's a desert. So the trees are cacti. <laughs> There's no snow. It's not like... I'm. I'm genuinely asking, though. Was the previous person like... He died, like, mysteriously, or he just died? He, well, it was related to the work they were doing. Okay. Oh! And I, I've i okay. not caught any connotation that it was nefarious, like, that he was killed. Okay. It was that he was performing an experiment that went awry. Okay. Lost his life. And so he comes in to work with the former partner of this guy. Who, Bob Lazar does. Yes, mm-hmm. who's telling... 
you know, enough stories and enough details that he can kind of piece some things together. But he's, Bob is, is truly in the purest form. He is a scientist and a researcher. And so he's so thrilled by the opportunity to look at these things uh, and experiment and test and play with and do stuff that he's, he's drawn more to that than all of the other details. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. In the process of being brought quote unquote up to speed, they're allowed, there's many projects going on at once all around this same group of technologies, if you will. Right. And so groups are given like a one to two page brief over what some of the other projects are. So no details that matter, just enough to give you exposure so that if you recognize, hey, somebody else's knowledge from one of these adjacent things might be applicable here, then that you could use your intellect to draw that connection and help forward progress. Okay. He sees at one point he's going into the hangar and there is very much this propulsion system is assigned to an unidentified object that can fly. Uh, okay? What we might call a UFO. He's been aboard it okay. at this point multiple times to look at things and all of that. Now, his, his, the basic level of what he's doing, it's on a propulsion system that's been removed from, but he's allowed on board. And even while he's on board this, this thing doing stuff, there's other people from other projects also they're doing their things. Mm -hmm. One day he does go out to the hangar and several side doors are open connected. This It's ultimately a huge facility that each of them have okay. compartmentalized hangars where they work and laboratories and whatnot. Right. Several of the doors are open and he does see that there are in fact at least nine different aircraft that are all being looked at by multiple different outsourced groups and stuff. All aircraft, mm -hmm. none of them U.S. military. Right. They are genuinely, like, I think it's, UFO has become such a... Well, it's a blanket statement. It's just simply unidentified. It's unidentified, but it, I feel like at this point in our culture, UFO has such negative connotation to it of like, oh, you're a cuckoo, you're crazy. Yeah. But ultimately... It genuinely was describing some kind of object that could fly that we don't know where it came from or we don't know how to explain it. Yes. It's not Russian military. It's not Chinese military. Right. It's not... In fact, interesting you bring that up because he even commented that at that time, uh, there were scientists, physicists, all that from other countries, Russia being one of them, yeah. that was present in that facility. In Area 51? Yes. Well, the? in the adjacent portion of it okay. that he worked in. Yes. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. Keep going. So for the particular one that he worked on, yeah. he even got to participate in a viewing of a U.S. pilot piloting it. Okay. Just doing a few very simple maneuvers. Right. He goes into a lot of detail. And this is where you begin to recognize scientific detail. You begin to recognize this man's true intellect mm -hmm. in terms of what it did, what he was able to figure out as he worked with it, what he wasn't able to figure out, that it was plainly obvious. You know, again, they, he was brought in to reverse engineer, which means it wasn't something that we'd made. We wouldn't need a reverse engineer right. for something that humans yes. had put together in this multinational cooperative right. endeavor. Yes. I keep saying that, but truly, like, I feel like this is one of those very rare instances where you don't have someone who is, and I, I hate to be sort of classist about it, but like from the trailer park, giving well, their sure. experience. This is a scientist. Right. Who is... He's thrilling in the science. The science, yeah, he's actually dealing with the science of it, not anything else, not right. no personal. They experience. probed me, right? Exactly. No, this is this is quite the opposite. It's on the other end of the spectrum. This is a scientist, uh, somebody with an engineering background. I'm assuming, who's yes. well, maybe at, we'll get to that. Looking at the mechanics of these things that have been found, so that's why I keep getting so emphatic and enthusiastic about it. Yes, well, so a whole series of things that I won't 
detail here. You should check into this if you're interested. Um, he ultimately ends up no longer being involved uh -huh. directly. And he, he wasn't immediately inspired to tell his story. Yeah. It wasn't like he was out trying to set right the wrongs of whatever. He was eager to see the scientific community not deprived of mm. access to things, but he wasn't out trying to capitalize on anything and be the sensation of the day. Mm -hmm. In fact, to the contrary, he really didn't like to talk about it. Yeah. In the times that he did, it was the the silhouette and the mm. all the things to hide identity. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't what he was after. Right. He finally reached a point where he realized going public might save his life. Okay. And so he began to be more visible. Okay. Interestingly, all along the way, any money that he's ever received for interviews, for whatever, mm -hmm. he's immediately turned around and donated to science programs for kids in school and different things. He's not kept a penny of this. Yeah. Um, because he knew that would immediately be oh, yeah. proof that he's just another wackadoo, right? right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because a lot of the things that he taught, well, backing up before we go there, um, rather than just killing because it was too late. Yeah. A lot of Bob's history was erased. When there's, there's no record of his attendance to MIT or oh, Caltech shit. or places where he has located a few classmates that validate. Yeah. I mean, I, or somebody he knew I, I dropped Bob off at classes every day. If he was, Faking it was the most elaborate scheme to fake going to college that I've ever seen. It was a long, long con. It was a long con for what outcome? <laughs> because there's been no benefit for him to yes. admit to any of this. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That's terrifying to think that your actual collegiate experience, whether it was at a erased. little podunk school like we went to or MIT, could be erased. Erased, including his birth certificate. What? At whatever hospital it was he was born at, there's just simply no record of that That's anymore. Insane. So you have that going on. There are several things. It, it, it becomes important today because, excuse me, I belched like an ape. There are several things that he referenced in the late 80s. Okay. One of which would be element 115. Okay. Which now also has a name that escapes me. Um, several other things as well along the way that are just like from 2006 forward, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, we, we got this thing. Uh -huh. And yet he, he talked about it and with accuracy decades before. Mm. And, 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 and it's been not just not a benefit, it's been a, a hindrance. It's been yes. a, a damaging thing for him to continue right. on occasion to come out and say, yeah, this stuff. Right. It's it's a real thing. Yeah. So here comes Jeremy Corbell a couple years back, putting together the documentary uh, that is on Netflix. It is still viewable. I watched it again today called Bob Lazar Area 51 and Flying Saucers. Mm -hmm. um, I'd found that later. I'd first actually seen um, Bob Lazar and Jeremy Corbell on the Joe Rogan Experience, I th episode 1315. If I put all that incorrectly, um, you just need to hear the guy and, and see him and listen to him talk. And, and it doesn't take long to figure out, well, he's not a bullshitter. He's not making this up. And he doesn't seem crazy either. Mm -hmm. And so there's something here. Um, and so, again, running through this list, you know, Corbell, Corbell's an interesting guy, too. He's got a lot of different interests and yeah. things that people could point to and say, oh, well, that's weird because it's different than what they're used to. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. He's, he's done stuff in that realm. It's probably how he got loosely connected to Rogan, mm -hmm. even. Yeah, that's um, right. But, yeah, he's this, he is an artist. He does these documentaries. He's fascinated by this stuff. He has a, a mentor who helped kind of walk him into this world. Mm -hmm. um, but he puts together this this documentary, and it's not insisting you believe anything. It's just saying, hey, look at this guy, Bob. Yeah. And you tell me, because Jeremy spent 
a large amount of time just trying to find a reason to not believe Bob. I'm sure when you make a documentary, of course, you know, something that drives me crazy, because I do, I'm familiar with a lot of true crime. Mm-hmm documentaries this is not that realm obviously but people are like oh it's so biased listen every single documentary documentary is not the same as journalism that's right documentaries of course they're biased they have a point of view they're they have someone funding them yeah that they have to satisfy well and even if it's their own artistic viewpoint well, sure. Sure, sure. every documentary has a point of view and of course, it's going to be biased one way or the other. Of course it is. And so... To me, to me, a documentary is a journey with yes. the creator yes. on how their mind has transitioned through the material. Exactly. And that's what it's meant to be. Hopefully, documentaries are working with facts and um, telling legitimate stories. That's why they're in the realm of nonfiction versus fiction. Mm -hmm. But yes, they're, they're telling the story and every single storyteller, I don't do not care who you are in the act of telling the story. You have a bias, your own personal point of view on the story. And it's going to come forward. So it drives me bananas when people say, Oh, that documentary is so biased. That series was so biased. Yes, of course it is. Of course it is. You need to understand that's part of the art of storytelling right. and documentary making. I and, just, and the goal and, the and that's fine. The goal to me in finding any one of them is to identify one. If you're going to walk away with you know, whatever, every documentarist walks away with their final statements. Yeah. If those final statements are evidence that you did nothing besides search for confirmation bias things all the way through, then you're an irresponsible turd and what you made was garbage. <laughs> well, but if you actually get to experience with them, really them being open-minded and ebbing and flowing through what do I, it's part of the reason why we love, um, wind of change podcast yes. because you get to walk that path truly and experience with the artist yes. that designed it. This is when I believed more. This is when I believed less. Exactly. This is when something new came to light. Yes, exactly. And the very, very good ones, you don't even realize it's seamless. Yeah. You don't even realize they're taking you on the journey. The not the little bit more clunky ones, the less sophisticated ones, you like. Like by the Wondery Network. Ha ha ha, you suck. Sorry, that was for you. Thank you. Thank you for being on my team. Yes. Um, but you, the clunkier ones, the less sophisticated ones, you, you recognize like, oh, they're trying to show me that they're waffling. But the ones that are really well done, you don't even know. No, you're, you're with on them. The journey. You're, you're with like, them. Yes, exactly. Anyway, you it's started. like your best friend. Exactly. But you started this by saying that Jer Jeremy Corbell had tried to listen to Bob's stories with skepticism, trying to find yes. the holes in the story. And the he, to me, responsibly, when you start to believe something, yeah. you should fight that much harder to disprove it. And it feels like, at least, that's what Jeremy did. Yes. And he ultimately walked away saying, there's something here. And I won't say what it is because I can't tell. Yeah. But this is really interesting stuff. So whether you want a, a Netflix thing to watch or podcasts to listen to or stuff to read, there is a multitude of stuff. If you and look it at, is quite entertaining. If you look at Bob Lazar, which is L-A-Z-A-R, mm -hmm. Jeremy Corbell. C-O-R-B-E-L-L. -L, you'll find some good stuff. You will. ExtraordinaryBeliefs.com. Okay. That's Corbell's website. Right. And if you're intrigued by his approach, if you enjoy his storytelling, he's got multiple other projects that he's working on. Some of those available through Prime, some of them through Vimeo. Okay. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff going out there. Sounds awesome. So, yeah. Uh, any lifestyle? You got your speed cubes. You want to talk about that now? Or yeah, later? yeah. We got the speed cubes. We've talked about those. The Rubik's cubes. They're not. They're knockoffs. They're not Rubik's brand. Yeah. Speed cubes. Those arrived today. They feel delightful. AJ and I have both tinkered with ours a bit and played with them. And super cheap. If this is something you want to do with your kids, I think the it was just under ten bucks a piece. So. Nice. That's a thing to consider. Um, we skipped the watch at the very beginning. I just, 
I'm in the midst of watching oh, Vikings. Yes. On Amazon Prime. Yes. I've enjoyed that. I was delighted to see that a, more than a season had snuck up on me since I last watched it. There's so much binging for you. Yes. While I'm reading Reddit, while I'm trying to solve the unresolved mysteries of Reddit. Yes. You're watching the Vikings. You love the Vikings. I love that you love the Vikings. I feel like I have some ancestry there somewhere. There's no doubt that you do. Although it, the, that expression, the gene expression, didn't come forth until we Well, you'd, you'd be surprised... <laughs> Looking at the actual makeup of Vikings, you everybody typically leans towards the Blood Hitler blue purification version of yeah. of Nord. Right. I'm just saying. Look at Nico. Yeah, but where he, did uh, he come he's, from? He's definitely, but he's not tall. Yeah, he actually is. Like, well, maybe he's just so wide that he doesn't look tall. <laughs> Comparatively speaking, he was just shy of thirty pounds. 29 pounds at 18 months. Yes. But the blonde hair, the blue eyes, we don't, it's not like a strong trait in our family no, histories. No, not at all. So I'm just saying, like, you're obs not, I wouldn't say you're obsessed, but you're very highly interested in the Vikings and the Nordic culture. It's true. And now we have this blonde haired, blue eyed Nord who rules our house with an iron yes. sword. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that's. It did this you have good. any reads or listens or anything? No, I'm in there? just still I'm I'm still reading, listening to the extraordinaries. Uh, it's delightful. I love it so much. So I don't have room really okay. much else going on. Right well, not now. to avoid the obvious, I will bring one trending into play yeah. today. As we record, at least today was when the electoral college began to meet. Yeah, and there is mayhem going on in the Capitol. We don't know much right now as we're recording, but we do know it's getting chaotic. It's chaotic, and it's not that we don't know much because we haven't looked. It's, I hope most people are realistic to say news media is so skewed at this point, it's nearly impossible to watch or hear anything from them and actually walk away with anything beyond their very irresponsible agenda. Whether you agree with their agenda or not, hopefully you're mature enough to realize it's such a an irresponsible reporting. It's hard to know exactly what's going on there other than the Capitol's in lockdown. There's a curfew uh, that's been instituted for 6 o'clock as you listen yesterday evening for mm. everything in place. Um, and not, I mean, not to laugh at it, not to make light of it. It's It's concerning. It's concerning that we have this big of a rift. Mm. In our country, there's obviously many problems at play here. Yes. Um, the culmination of lots of problems. But yes. dwelling on those isn't going to fix those. Mm. Um, we live in a state that we have no voice. Our state will go Republican, period. That's true. But I do think it's notable that at the moment that the uh, congressional, the Senate, I guess it would have been, was made aware of what was going on. Our Senator James Langford was speaking. Did you know that? I, I'm aware of this. I that one for all the politicians I'm familiar with, he is the most palatable that I can think of in the moment. That's a very kind thing to say. He's, hey, we're all screwy in our own ways, and he's got his own things about him, but he seems to be genuine. Yeah. And so, yeah, that. Um, what I will offer... Because focusing and dwelling on all of this, it's only going to pull you down. You're not you were, going to change it. I knew you were going to have a spin on it. What's your spin? Uh, here's my spin. When you when you catch a glimpse of all of the emergency vehicles and personnel mm -hmm. on the premises of the White House and Congress and, and in that region, it becomes desperately obvious that if you have hopes in your lifetime of successfully... <laughs> Completing a heist, Gosh. jewels, art, armored cars, maybe a bank. Now's the time. Everyone's Everybody's distracted. busy. They're over there. Now's your time. Okay. And that will have a greater impact on your life mm -hmm. than anything that susses out in the, the ridiculousness that's going on there. So if you've so, been planning that Washington, D.C. area heist for you, a while. You, this is your time. Go yeah. for it. And hey, if you need... One more member of the team. If you have a good, responsible plan and you need one more member of the team, reach out to us. We may know someone. 
And by us, he means him. I mean Meg. Kyle, no. I have no presence no, anywhere. No, I have no time for this. I have purposefully hidden myself on the interwebs. You have. So that when I complete the heist, I can't be found through well, an irresponsible... I'm at TGI Fridays eating a something shrimp or thing. Except you just said reach out right now. To you. <laughs> that you might know someone. All right. Um, should we give them bonus content? No, let's save that for another day. Well, it doesn't work for another day. It's only applicable today. All right. We gotta go. Okay. Well, fine then. Have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. <laughs> if you could choose between perfect knowledge of aliens or perfect knowledge of cooking, which would you choose? Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.